This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double G 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Thank you for being with us today on Double T 97.3. At 9, it's the end of the bench. At high noon, bottom line in this afternoon, Tech Talk, and of course, Bulletins at Once here on Double T 97.3. I'm confused. What? Bulletins at Once? Okay. Is that what you're confused about? I'm... Like if there's any kind of breaking news, we'll have it for you. Oh, okay. That's, okay. that's what we do. We pr- try to provide. You know, on the spot, you know, in-depth, you know. I thought that was a new feature, something that Tech Talk was doing. <laughs> oh, no. Bulletins at once? No. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. They may okay. steal it, but, I mean, it's, it's okay if they do. Well, that'd be cool. Uh, that in-depth reporting is why Coach Joey McGuire is not worried about Chuck watching practices. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no doubt. There's no doubt. He, I am, uh, I think I'm harmless when it comes to that. For the most part. Uh, this uh, March Madness stuff. All right. The Final Four sets, we said. It's the first time, Jamie, since seeding began in 1979 that none of the one, two, or three seeds advanced to the NCAA Men's Tournament final Yikes. weekend. How about that? Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think about that, how that went in 1979. And I, I want to say... It was a 48-team field, and I want to say it was more regional than it was, um, you know, global. In other words, the games were set kind of by your region so, okay. so that you didn't necessarily have East and West playing until maybe the Final Four. Okay. That's, that's, that's if memory serves me correct on that. Uh, the Final Four is set for... Uh, Houston next weekend. Florida Atlantic had not won an NCAA tournament game before this year. San Diego State had never advanced beyond the Sweet 16 uh, until Friday. Miami got to the Elite Eight uh, last year, but had had never been to uh, the Final Four. And for UConn, well, I mean, they've won it um, a number of times, but um, hadn't... Uh, Hadn't won anything really. Had 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 three losing seasons and only one NCAA tournament victory since winning the national title in 2014. And they won three times under Jim Calhoun and then one other time. Not uh, only are they winning, but they're crushing people. They are crushing people, and they they look they look to be the uh, to the, be the favorite. I would think for uh, the upcoming weekend and. By saying that, they'll probably lose. <laughs> right? They'll probably lose. Maybe so. Uh, from the from the brackets, only 2.7%, this is from Yahoo, had Miami emerging from the Midwest. 0.8 picked San Diego State. I'm assuming those are going to be graduates in the South. And only 0.3 had Florida Atlantic coming out of the East. So uh, if anybody had... In our listening audience had uh, those four. Uh, you probably should have had those things, um, you know, certified by a, you know, mm. 
somebody before. You know, you notary. You the, a notary. What were you thinking. looking for? Yeah, notary was the word. Because you always for. need that bracket notarized. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, but you didn't know that they were going to ha- really happen. Right, right. But I mean, if if somebody were to present to you a picture of their bracket that had those four teams in it, would you believe it? Depends who the person was. Okay, who who amongst our group would you believe? Who amongst our group? Um, Mike Gustafson. Well, that's the name that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Would you believe Aaron Dickens? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Would you believe Clint Scott? No. Would you believe Chuck Hines? No. No. <laughs> wow. No. <laughs> well, you know why we couldn't believe Chuck Hines? Why is that? Because Kansas wasn't there. Oh, wow. Okay. Was uh, Kansas or Kansas not in your final four? Yes, they were. Were yes, they not they in your were. final four last year? Uh, they were. I don't yeah. know that they were last year. The team that won the national championship wasn't in your final four last year. Mm, I have a really hard time believing they were, that. They might have been in the final four. I did not have them winning at all. <laughs> wasn't the question I asked. Okay. No, I was talking about how the final about, four. Um, <clears throat> let's see. How about Jeff McGuire? Would you believe him? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's not the type of thing for Jeff to lie about. Okay. <laughs> He's not a liar. I'm really bad at it. Yeah, I don't do yeah, it. You're, you're, Chris Need, would you believe Chris Need? No, no. Okay. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, who else? Choice Woodman. Well, he probably. Has I would to assume be, that it's on one of his brackets, so he doesn't brackets. have to lie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> How about Jeff Haxton? Um, I don't think Hax is a big bragger on his um, bracket. Bracket. So okay. I probably would believe Hax. Okay. Okay. Have a run out of people. Um, Jackson, I believe Jackson. You would believe Jackson. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about Brennan, Lucas? Not Lucas. Not Lucas. Not Lucas. Okay. Um, wouldn't believe Kyler either. Kyler would not believe Kyler either. Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Okay. Would you believe Gary Ashby? Yes. <laughs> yes. How about David Thetford? <laughs> Uh, yes. Yes. I want to say no just because it would be funny, but I think I would believe <laughs> David okay. too. Okay. okay. Yeah. Believe those. Believe those two guys, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't. You wouldn't believe me. Would you Clint. believe me? Yeah, of course, because you don't. Generally, you don't do one. But if you presented me with a bracket, that is the first time in a long time I yeah. haven't done one. If you presented me with a bracket that had any of those people in it, I would. Yes, I would believe you. Yeah. Shocking, since. Not don't consider myself, you know, a college basketball aficionado, bracketologist, and all those, all those kinds of. If things. I considered myself that, I'd have to use a hammer to my forehead. Yeah, uh, somebody off the H. Lawrence Center chat line wants to know if I got a stake. I did not. I was not was not offered the opportunity to stay. And that's and that's fine. It wasn't for me. Mm, it wasn't. Deal, it, it wasn't for me. It's a tough deal. But it was. <laughs> it's funny because. You know, at football on Saturday, you could stay. You could stay inside um, the football training facility and watch the defense. Or you could go outside and watch the offense. Well, what am I attracted to? I'm attracted to the offense. I want to see the quarterbacks throw the football. And then I walk outside and I look to my right, and there's a big old smoker. And one of the guys called my name, and and then I went. I looked back over and I saw some guys over there. And I think I know those guys. And um, you're not attracted to the offense or the defense. You're attracted to high-ranking officials. No, no, no. There, I wanted. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going to be outside when I walked out there. I didn't Moth know. That attracted to the light. I did not know who all was going to be out there. I did not know what all was going to be out there. And um, 
Man, there's a lot of people. There was there's a lot, a lot of people, and uh, I didn't even get to everybody, Jamie, that I could that I could talk to. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so I was a little because then time ran out, and like, okay, you need to move, you need to be moving along. I'm like, okay, yes, sir, I got it, and and that was fine. That was fine. I mean, I understood, um, and I'm glad that he's Coach McGuire has uh, been so inviting to former Letterman, uh, their families. Um, I mean, obviously. They're there to get work done, okay? But it sure seemed like that they were able to get their work done and not be distracted. But I think it's so important to um, embrace your past and embrace your past, past players and, you know, help those those are people that are going to help spread the good word about your program. And, you know, in some cases may have friends that have, you know, kids that could come play for you or may themselves have, uh, have kids that could be legacy players for you at some point in time and, I mean, you, you just never know. I mean, you hear these stories all the time of some young man um, who went to a basketball practice a million years ago and met so-and-so, and he was nice to him. And um, lo and behold, it turns out to be a seven-footer and wants to come play basketball for you, or a quarterback, or linebacker, or, you know, woman's basketball player, or volleyball player, or tennis player, or whatever. And I just, I think, I think kind of being open like that is is good obviously there's time for seriousness and time to get down to brass tacks but you know saturday was one of those days where it just kind of it was it looked like a, a very very open practice but they were still getting their work done yeah good thing about coach mcguire it doesn't feel like coach mcguire is doing that thinking about all the things that you mentioned that just kind of no. is his personality right. he doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't mind people being around he's kind of an inviting guy and kind of an open book and all that kind of stuff so it's not as if he's he's not trying he's to do not, that at the end goal yeah, yeah it's it's not like it's strategic and everything he does i no. think that's just his personality yeah. your daily dose of sports and fun this is the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction time for this day in sports history uh today is march the 27th 2023 here is jeff mcguire Going to start in 1931. I feel like uh, John McGraw and Chuck Hines have some family somewhere. Oh, okay. John McGraw? Mm-hmm. Because John like McGraw great says... grandfather of Tug? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's some family related there because uh, he goes out and says that uh, night baseball will not catch on. <laughs> Nineteen thirty nine, the very first NCAA men's basketball championship took place. University of Oregon beats Ohio State forty six to thirty three. Ohio State forward Jimmy Hull is named the tournament tournament most outstanding player. <coughs> Excuse me, nineteen fifty one. The thirteenth NCAA men's basketball championship took place. Kentucky beat Kansas sixty eight to fifty eight. It's the Wildcats. Third title in the 16-team field is introduced in Mm. that year. 1977, American tennis star Chris Everett wins her fourth and final WTA Tour Championship, 2-6-6-1-6-1, against England's Sue Baker at Madison Square Garden, New York City. Sue Baker. Sounds like a housewife, not a tennis player. Mm. It's very... Simple, plain name, which I like. I'm okay with it. And in 1998, 
Chicago Bulls and Atlanta Hawks matchup in Georgia in the Georgia Dome in Atlanta draws a record crowd of 62,046. That is the largest in any game in NBA history. The Bulls would win 89 to 74. It is National World Whiskey Day. World Whiskey. I'm not a big fan of the whiskey. More for me. (laughs) You can can have it all. Well, I had to share some with my dad. Okay. You big whiskey drinker, Jamie? Oh, 100%. He goes through a bottle a day. What are you talking about? I am not. uh, I don't know that I've ever had any whiskey. Yeah. Ever. So. I'm I'm not. uh, I'm not not a whiskey person. No? Not at all. There are currently three different bottles in my apartment. Can you mix it with Mountain Dew? Would that go well? Oh, uh, sure. You, you can. You can. Would um, it be good? You'd have to be specific on the whiskeys you'd use for it. I don't know that you'd want to use a, a sweeter whiskey with it. I'm I'm definitely a big... Um, the light on the whiskey, heavy on the dew, though. Smell guy. Oh, yeah? And if it's not passing the smell test, it's really... I'm not eating or drinking it. Okay. And, like, the smell of... Whiskeys and alcohol, just like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. yeah, just too much for me. But hey, you do you. You do you, right? Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I had a, yeah, a huge, embarrassingly huge miss on Friday for birthdays that we should be mentioning. Hmm. Um, in fact, this was a double miss because I even had the wrong day for it. On Saturday, we wish a belated happy birthday to former Lady Raider Cheryl Swoops. Oh, yeah. That was, that's a big miss. On my calendar, I had it in May. Okay. I don't know why I had her birthday in May, because she was clearly born on March 25th. Mm-hmm. So, huge miss <laughs> on my part. How was it clear? How, how was it clear? Like, half of my Twitter feed exploded on Saturday uh, wishing her a happy birthday. <laughs> clear enough that I blew it. So, uh, Was it directed at you, or is it just uh, in general? Uh, I don't know that it was directed at me. No mm. one actually tagged me in it. But... Okay. So, yeah, big, huge swing and a miss on my part on set, uh, for Friday where we would have mentioned Cheryl's mm-hmm. The whiff. Uh, today, Mariah Carey is 54. Mariah? Mariah Carey is 54. Fergie, 58. Nathan Fallon, 52. Quentin Tarantino is 60. Buster Posey, 35. Elizabeth Mitchell is 53. She was... Carol Claus in the Santa Claus movies. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And Randall Cunningham turned 60 today. Mm -hmm. And on this day in 1836, and a disastrous setback for the Texas resisting Santa Ana's regime, the Mexican army defeats and executes 417 Texas revolutionaries Mm. at Goliad. Ironically, rather than serving to crush the Texas rebellion, the Goliad Massacre helped inspire the un- and unify the, te- the Texans. Now determined to break completely from Mexico, the, Texans re- the Texan revolutionaries began to yell, remember the Goliad. Mm. This is before they start yelling something else, which we will hear about later. And that is this day in sports history. Okay. This day in sports history brought to you by Jeff McGuire. Uh, the... I did not know this. I went back and looked. The 1979 uh, NCAA men's basketball tournament featured 40 teams. They went from 32 and 78 to 40 in 79. 
and that's when they seeded um, the, the tournament uh, completely. Uh, previously, they had seeded one through four, and then the uh, at large berths they were seeded as well. And like in the '78 tournament, I think there were only 11 at large bids. So, you know, there's been some discussion about increasing the tournament even more up to up to 90. I'm really I'm not in favor of that. I like the number where it is right now. Um, and I don't know what the, it's not, to me, I don't feel like that you've really eliminated, you know, like there was really a, a, a huge number of teams that really kind of felt like they got jobbed mm-hmm. by the NCAA uh, tournament committee. Probably if you're in Stillwater, you'd feel a little bit different. You might, um, but you'd also be able to look at it and go, well, you know, we won a game here, won a game there, but yeah, there, but it, it used to be when it was 64 teams, it seems like you had more outcry. And certainly when it was 48, you felt Maybe. like, would you like to see it expanded? I don't. I mean, I, I really, if, if they had expanded, I don't think I would notice this huge difference as far as like, oh, the quality of play is down mm-hmm. or anything like that. I don't, I don't. I mean, it would just be more games. Sure. So why is that bad? Well, I guess the, the question the question I would have for you is, is does that, if you, let's just say you expanded it to 90 teams, because that's been part of the discussion, and that would be a huge that would be a huge increase. That would eliminate the NIT, all right? Okay. And, and some people would say, okay, fine, eliminate the NIT. Does that diminish the regular season? Does that diminish the postseason conference tournaments? Does that diminish a, a, post, or a conference championship? I don't know. I still think you want to be the conference champion. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it diminishes it. Okay, okay. Uh, Six fifty-two this morning here on the morning. I, I feel like it's good where it is, but I, again, I don't. I don't think if it was, if they added to it, it would. Like, oh man, there's more basketball games on. Of course, I mean, you know, it. it I would tell you that I remember, you know, when it went from forty-eight to sixty-four, and there was this, oh my god, sixty-four teams. So, you know, maybe we would have the same kind of overreaction if they. Let's just say they added 16 more teams, okay? And then they went to, mm-hmm. you know, instead of, well, let's, let's say they added 12 more teams and took it to 80, okay? So you would have an even even number, and you would eliminate the, quote, first four. You you would incorporate the the four that you you just add 12 more teams. So you'd make it up to, to 80. I mean, you already have an extra round for those, those four games, right? Yeah. Well, let's just go through the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Somebody's playing an extra round. Why yeah. can't everybody? Why can't everybody? Yeah. And so you have to win. And I have no idea how many games you, would, how many teams you'd have to have in the tournament for to be. Because right now it takes six to win. So how many? I don't know how many teams you would have to have to make it seven to win. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. My math isn't that good. Uh, uh, I would one twenty eight four times two. <laughs> sixty four times two. Sixty four one twenty eight one twenty eight. Yeah. Okay. I think that's too many. It does seem like a lot. That would, that would there 128 it. quality teams. Yeah, that would. I mean, you feel like at 128, the Red Raiders would have been in. The selection show would would just take forever on something like that, wouldn't it? There'd be no. I have no idea. There'd you be mean no, It would take longer than it already does. There'd be no outrage for anybody like that 129th team. You know, like pounding on the desk, going, "We got all these quality wins over Saskatchewan State." That's not the argument that they would make, though, Chuck. No, You're smarter than that. The argument would be, well, we beat this team and that team and that team, and they're in the tournament. Why aren't we? 
I do feel like people look at me sometimes and say, you're smarter than that when they say things to me. You're, you're not the first person. You're the first person today that said that. I don't have, I have a feeling you're not the last person that will say that. Oh, come on. You're smarter than that. That's giving you credit. I don't <laughs> Maybe it's really not a compliment. It's not when a compliment. somebody says that to you. Right. You're, Basically, they're saying that was a really dumb comment. That's right. Surely you can't be this dumb is what it really says. Right. Yeah. I, I surprise people every day, Jimmy. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Thank you for being with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3. Dot com. The uh, Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T973 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank to access that. <clears throat> we will uh, have uh, basketball for you on the air tonight. This will be Elite Eight uh, women's basketball for you this evening as uh, they'll uh, <clears throat> settle on the final two pieces to go to the final four on the women's side. And that'll be at uh, 7.15 uh, this evening. Excuse me, 5.45 this evening. It's 7.15 right now. Um, the uh, participants tonight, Jamie, will be Maryland and South Carolina. South Carolina, the defending champ. Ohio State and Virginia Tech. You have a one seed and a three-seed in Ohio State and a one-seed and a two-seed in South Carolina and Maryland. Uh, yesterday, um, LSU advanced. They're coached by Kim Mulkey. She used to be at Baylor. Um, and they, uh, they beat Miami. So Miami was trying to get both their men's and their women's team into the Final Four. Just the men prevailed. And then Iowa wins over Louisville, um, 97-83. to 83. <clears throat> Former Lady Raider, former Baylor Bear, former Syracuse Orange, and current Louisville Cardinal Chrislin Carr. I played in that ball game. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she left Tech to go to Baylor when Mulkey was there. And when Mulkey left, she left. And then she went to Syracuse, and they had a coaching problem there with treatment of players. So she left there and went to Louisville. That's exciting. And so I think I think, I think think she's done, although I'm not sure. I mean, it's so hard to tell with COVID years and everything else. So who ended up winning that Iowa-Louisville game last night? Iowa won. Iowa 90, won. 97-83. Man, Caitlin Carr can play. Yeah. yeah she had a... Clark, Caitlin Clark. She had a big night uh, last night. She had a big night every night. Triple-double for her yesterday. Uh, Talk about abusive players. Man, she's yelling at her teammates all the time. (laughs) It's about abusive teammates. 41 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists for her. She's phenomenal. She's 39 minutes, yeah. I mean, she may be the best off-balance shooter off the dribble I've ever seen in Mm -hmm. my life. I mean, ever. I'm talking NBA, whatever. Off the dribble. I mean, she's in a dead sprint down the court and just slams on the break and pulls up two steps behind the three-point line and just, I mean, makes it look like a free throw. Did you point that out to your uh, basketball player? We we talked a little bit about yeah, I bet her. you did. <laughs> stop and, uh, and back it up, stop and back it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the step back, she, but she mm-hmm. was, uh, man, she's just so good at everything she does, except... Yeah. You know, be nice to her teammates. Right. <laughs> She's constantly yelled at. We had our uh, 71st annual Double T 97.3 Regional Spelling Bee 
action on Saturday morning over at the YWCA. Ten area children competing for the coveted prize uh, to be the regional B winner. Ava Flores, who is a fifth grader at Rush Elementary, uh, was the winner. Okay. So, awesome. Yep. Yep. Uh, so she she won. Um, and so they're uh, obviously proud of her, her parents, and she'll be headed to Washington, D.C. to compete in the National B. Okay. Awesome. Good luck to her. Yeah. So it was, they went through 106 words all totaled on Saturday. And, man, there were a lot of those words that um, I couldn't uh, pronounce, let alone even spell. Mm-hmm. Or even begin to to think about spelling, but that was good. It was uh, was was really was really good. So that uh, was presented by Optimum, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, hopefully she'll be able to advance and go up and make a run at it there in uh, our nation's capital in June. Okay, uh, let's see here. Seven twenty this morning on the morning drive. Since we're talking about. Women's hoops just a little bit. Let me uh, give you a brief recap on the Lady Raiders. They fell uh, Friday night in Fayetteville to Arkansas, uh, losing to the Razorbacks. Final score, 71-66. Did not start out well, Jamie. Uh, they spotted them 15 points before yes, scoring. That's not ideal. Not ideal. Uh, got down 17-2, to but uh, at the end of the first quarter, trailed by just six. And then... Uh, Trail did not trail at the half. It was it was tied at all twenty eight, tied at twenty eight at the half, and this was the first time this year that uh, Tech had been tied at the half for a basketball game on the women's side. Okay, got down in the fourth quarter and then made it as close as two with under six minutes to play, and then uh, Arkansas uh, was able to prevail and, and win the ball game seventy one to sixty six. So I would say. If you'd have told me on uh, the 1st of November that the Lady Raiders were going to be playing on the 23rd, 24th of May, of March, I'm, I'm sorry, if they're going to be playing on the 24th of March, I'd have said, hey, that's a good season. And they won a couple of games in the NIT, and um, they were they were poised uh, to have a chance to win uh, against Arkansas and just couldn't finish. And so I would tell you, I think it was a successful season. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bree Scott. I don't think led, I'd disagree with that. Bree Scott led the Lady Raiders. She had 28. Katie Farrell had 12. Bryn Gerlich had nine. Man, you made some threes that were just uh, spectacular. Bryn had one. There was a bank three. Katie Farrell had a big three in the ball game as well. And uh, in fact, Katie had two. Bryn had two. Uh, Bree made four. And uh, Tech all together made nine. They were. 15 to 20 from the free throw line, 21 of 52. They gave up too many second chance points. It's been a bit of a problem this year. They gave up 16 uh, and had eight of their own and uh, gave up too many fast breaks. Arkansas had 15. Tech had just two points on the fast break. So so now they uh, they look to reload. They'll have, uh, I think, six scholarships open and they have some players coming in. Uh, at least two that they're excited about. One, I'm not sure what her availability is going to be because they had a... They're not excited about the other four. No, 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 no. No, they have six open, okay? <laughs> they have three coming in, two that they're excited about, and one I'm unsure of because she had knee surgery, and I don't know what her availability is going to be for the next year. Okay? okay. <laughs> Didn't necessarily come out right, I guess, but, but you weren't... 
hearing all what I was saying. I didn't want to. I don't know. And then Judge Awari will be available. Yeah, we signed this kid. Man, I hope she transfers. <laughs> She's going to be a pain. Let's see. Um, somebody wants to know, does she deserve, does Coach Gerlich deserve a long-term, long contract extension? Okay, so when they when they hired her, they gave her a five-year deal. This was year three. There's two left. I would imagine there's some kind of an extension coming because you, you want your coach to be able to say to players, I'm going to be here. Now, what's the length of that? Is it is it one additional year? Is it two additional years? I I don't know. Didn't That's, she sign a two-year extension last year? could have sworn she'd sign a, uh, like, recently. Okay. Uh, I could she, be wrong. If she did, then I'm then I missed that because I googled that earlier and I didn't I didn't see anything like that. But I, I could I could be completely wrong on that. Um, but if if she hasn't, then they will. I would imagine. Okay. Extend that um, because I mean you want to be able to go out and say to people, hey, right, absolutely, I'm going to be here and mm-hmm. we're building something here and we've got you know I think something that they could look at and go, we've had some success here and we're looking to. Get to the NCAA tournament and make mm-hmm. you know make a long run. Being in the NIT is was nice for this year, but it's not something they want to do every year. And I, I think what was really cool. I mean, it was it was an interesting experience because uh, when we left the hotel on Friday uh, to go to the game, uh, everybody had packed for an additional game, and it's like, okay, hang on to your hotel key because if we win, we're coming back here, and then we're going to Lawrence, and they would have played KU yesterday. Um, in Lawrence, Arkansas, a loss to him. So Kansas advances onto the NIT, what they call Fab Four. Um, but that was kind of, you know, that was intriguing. We'd, we'd never kind of been part of that where there'd been a, you know, a two-city road trip. That would have been that'd been kind of fun, but didn't didn't work out. I thought for sure when you're down 15 nothing, I'm like, oh, man, we're going to get smoked here. And then they start coming back because we knew that Arkansas was a poor shooting team. Mm-hmm. Um and they proved to be that, but they were just good enough at the end. You really thought you had your possible long-time dream of being a traveling member of the circus, right? Yeah. Going down to town. I thought, yeah, that would be awesome, right? <laughs> Get on the train, go go from place to place to place. Yeah. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, 7.45 this morning here on the there's 7.31, I should say, here on the morning drive. Um, time for the question of the day. You were not here Friday, so I would imagine you've got extra questions for us. Well, did Choice give you a good question? Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right, I'm glad to hear that. I can't remember what it was, but he gave us a good question. Oh, number of wins for Tech football, men's and women's basketball next season. Was okay. that what it was? Yeah, I guess so. That's what it was. Yeah. All right, so today's question mm-hmm. encompasses all of the four major sports. Okay. I want you to tell me who you think of those four wins a Big 12 championship first. Well, we got we got one chair that's empty, but we think we know that the it's going to be Grant McCastle, Castlin from North Texas is going to fill the basketball coaching chair. Um, got Christopher Early, got Tim Tadlock, 
Joey McGuire. I think it's going to be Joey McGuire. Did I say coach? Yeah. What do you I say? Did, I'm, okay, that's fine. What sport? Is it? Didn't he? I say? could have sworn he said sport. Okay. Okay. I'll guess who wins the big. You okay. Either, the either way, we get what you're saying. Okay. So I'll say football. I'll say football. Crazy as that sounds, I'll say football. Big leap in order to have football jump up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you haven't even played in the championship game yet. Um, now, granted, you were one specific win away from getting there last year. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go Tech Baseball. Okay. Being the team that is going to win the next Big 12 championship. Could be this year, right? Because, one, it could be this year. They are still, even after this weekend, in contention for that. And they have recently won a Big 12 championship. So they are on that level as opposed to trying to climb up the mountain that is Big 12 football. See, I think the football team is – I really think they're, they have the chance to – I think playing it safe, I could say that they're going to be in the top four next year in the conference. I think they have a chance to finish in the top three. Um, maybe I'm jumping too far out there, but – and, and and still that may only be like an eight and four regular season, but you you could get into that top three. So I don't think they're far off. What's holding me back with football is just the fact that you've never won one. Sure, <laughs> which no. is somewhat silly because it's not like previous struggles have anything to do with this year's season. It's just man, it. You know, I look at what K-State brings back. I look at what Texas brings back. I think those are going to be really tough teams at the top. And then I feel like there's a drop-off a little bit after that. And I think the Red Raiders could be in that next grouping. Um, so I'm with Jeff. I'm I'm with Tech Baseball on this one. I, I think it could be this year. I think you're going to be in the mix. Um, you know, we. but at the same time, you could, just like last year, finish a game back. You know, Oklahoma Tech and... Oklahoma State all finished a game back last year in second place in the conference, and ultimately OU's the fourth place team, and they end up playing in the you know national championship series. Okay, so uh, which showed you how good the Big Twelve conference was last year, and I, I think you're gonna, you're going to be in that one, two, three mix this year. So I think it absolutely could be baseball this season. Okay. So if you have a thought or an opinion on that, uh, hit us up on the 8th Flooring Center chat line. It's just so hard with basketball. Even if Grant McCaslin is, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a home, even if he's a home run hire and you, you things start going really well for you again, I mean, you just got that just monster at the top of this conference in Kansas that it's just so hard to win Big 12 titles. Yeah. Yeah, especially regular season titles and you know, winning the – Postseason tournament. Yeah, that's a, that isn't. That's not what I meant. I, meant I know. I, yeah, and I know. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in football you count the. That's where it that, is. You count that one as sure. the twelve championship, sure. but in basketball and baseball, it's not about the postseason yeah. tournament. It's not. Um, so with with regard to basketball, and and you kind of look at what Kansas State did this past year. I mean, I mean they went from worst to almost a Final Four. I mean they had a. They had an opportunity um, to to win and uh, advance on. They they brought in a, a bunch of kids uh, from the outside. Which yeah, you, one of which was like a superstar that another major program had said no to because of his medical condition. condition. Yeah. I just feel like that's a 
I don't know. I, I just don't expect things like that to happen. Every year for them, yeah, well, yeah. Or I mean, any for anybody. Too. I yeah. mean, you're not get you're not normally getting that quality mm-hmm. of a player, right? Yeah. Right. Um, my my question was going to be to you: Would you like to see some kind of a mix of that, or are you okay with just because? I mean, we've been doing it here for a number of years, where you're just flipping the roster. It seems like every year and not having any base continuity. Uh, you did, I guess, a little bit with with a couple of the guys, but. Sure seems like, you know, you're, you know, the, the head of the snake, so to speak, was made up of guys that were basically one and dones. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would prefer that our basketball team be recruited as freshmen. They come in here and they play four years. Okay, but that's not the real world. That's yeah. not, that's completely unrealistic at this point. Do you think, and I'm just, now I'm just thinking out loud, because it used to be this way in the junior college ranks. Were especially in the conference that I was involved in. That was a million years ago, but you could only have, and now you can only have a certain number of out-of-staters or a certain number of kids that are, you know, out outside of your area. Would you like to see, like, a certain number, like, okay, you have a, a 12-man roster, you can only have three transfers or four transfers or six transfers. I don't care what the number is, but just a limit on that to where you have to have some kids that are, Freshmen, some kids that you know you're you're growing along, or do you do you think that's a silly rule? No, I I would I would not be in favor of that. Okay, okay. Yeah, it, it feels like it's a t-ball rule or something. Okay. <laughs> recruit who you want to recruit. Do what you want to do. T-ball rule. I don't know. They're just. You're probably right. You're probably right. Are we checking kids' birth dates? You know they're. You know, birth, the certificate. birth certificates yeah. before the games too. Did you ever play on a team where the dad had to hang on to a birth certificate of a kid to prove it to the other team? I don't think we did. I don't think there was this kind of issue when I was a kid, Chuck. I don't think we were. We had a we had a kid. I don't on, think we were we were trying to find ways to cheat back in those days. Well, we weren't trying to find ways to cheat, but I remember my like elementary school team. We had a kid. He was just more developed than the rest of us. He was. <laughs> He was well. He was taller. I mean, he was taller, and he he could throw a pretty mean fastball. His dad was the coach, and you know, occasionally the other team would protest that he was not of age. That was what the what the issue was. Not that he was, but that he was older than what he because he looked older than the rest of us because he was just bigger, and his dad carried a birth certificate with him. And this is you know in the late sixties, early seventies, and you know every once in a while he'd have to pull it out and go no. It's my kid. It's how old he is. You know, this is probably a terrible thing to say, but I'm not even entirely sure where my birth certificate is. I don't know if it's in a box or if my dad's got it. Mm. Well, clearly, <laughs> they didn't have to pull it out for Jeff. No, clearly no, no. not. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> Are you sure this kid's old enough to be playing in this league? <laughs> Uh, somebody says uh, says this with regard to what I said. I agree, Chuck, this year, too, with regard to football. Okay. Um, somebody says, uh, baseball this season, UT swept, sweep will wake up the sleeping giant. Somebody says track. Okay, yeah. Obviously, I mean, they've been really, really good. Yeah, no question. Uh, somebody says, I think people should pump the brakes on Joey McGuire. He had a great year, but it's one year, good year. Expecting 10-plus wins is just silly to me. 
then somebody replies to that, then you're not paying attention to the talent he brought in this offseason. Wake up. Wow. Little texture on texture uh, abuse there. Uh, we had it's been a fairly chippy chat line this morning. We had it's like we lost six games to Austin this weekend. Yeah, we had dudes that had to get weighed before peewee football games. Couldn't be over 150. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. If I come in wearing a cardigan, <clears throat> then you'll know that it's almost over. <laughs> Cannot hear you, Jeff. The, the thing about this song is this is something that will never be heard in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Won't you be my neighbor? They hate everybody. <laughs> uh, D-Rock says this. If you send a letter to someone who lives near SMU, pretty sure the town and the address is Dallas, not University Park. You are correct, sir. We actually Googled yeah. SMU address, and it's, what was it, 3425 Boaz Lane, right. Dallas, Texas. I'm sure they're disappointed it's not off Mockingbird. <clears throat> yeah. You know, that's probably would be the... Uh, this, I must have missed the baseball talk from early this morning, but what was that? Both games after tying the score, I was not confident any pitcher could keep it there. Disappointing weekend, to say the least. Did you feel the same way once it got tied, that you felt like it was going to not go your way, or did you feel like that momentum had would carry the Red Raiders to the next inning and maybe a win felt like hey you gave yourself a chance here um anything can happen um so i i I don't i wouldn't say i was confident but i wasn't um unconfident either yeah i was like feeling oh okay it's 50 50 right which is better than what you were going into the ninth right sure you know where the odds weren't very good that you were going to come back and tie the game especially on saturday when you're you know, two outs and all that good stuff, and right. you're down two runs. And Gavin Cash comes up with a huge hit, which he did again in the ninth on 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 Sunday. So um, it, there's no question that it would be hard. You know, you asked me last week about the bullpen, and I, you know, I told you, I don't know exactly what my words were, but you know, I have a lot of concerns moving forward, not just about the bullpen without Brandon Beckel. And um, my number one, I believe I said, was, you know, are you going to be able to hit away from home? Mm-hmm. Okay, Because the games that we saw down in Houston, your offense was not explosive at all. I know you scored 10 in the, in the second game against Michigan, but that was aided by four or five runs that were scored due to lost and mis- in the sun and misplayed balls in the outfield that really factored into you scoring some runs. So that game probably should have been closer and lower scoring. And you only scored two in the other game, other two games, and one of them was in 16 innings. Okay? Mm-hmm. So um, I was just anxious to see what the offense looked like. And so after scoring two runs on Friday, you're looking at it and Saturday and you're – you know, halfway through that game and you're down and it looks like you're out and your offense just isn't doing much. And you had a couple of runs, but just not, you know, you're a team that's one of the leading offenses in the country and you're putting up 10 runs a game. And we know the competition's way tougher and the, and the Longhorns have a great pitching staff. And you didn't expect that, but you, you know, wanted to see them compete. And that's exactly what you got late in that game, right? You They competed. They found ways. They put together quality at-bats. They came up with clutch hits, all the above. And then the same exact scenario, really, on Sunday, where you're you're way down, 
and then you just keep fighting back. And I, and I think those are good signs and that you found ways. But there were just too many times early on in these games where you had positions, a chance to take a lead and not feel like you're digging out of a tunnel the whole time. And you had a chance to put together a big inning and you just couldn't get big hits. You just you couldn't with runners in scoring position or even just with guys on base in general. And then, you know, a few times you're you know, you're first and third with one out and you're grounded into a double play or or even you're first and third with one out and hey, here's a chance for a you know, put one in the gap and we can get a crooked number here and you get a sack fly and you get the one. And you just your offense just didn't wasn't great this weekend, even though, I mean, would you, uh, you, yeah, end up, you end up scoring 15 runs on the weekend, which is not terrible. It's not explosive by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, it's so many of those were coming late in games where you just felt like there were a lot of opportunities early on in these games that mm-hmm. you you left out there, literally guys on the base paths that you left out there that you weren't able to get, home, get them home. And, um, but so I told you that was like my number one concern. Number two was just solidifying the rotation, and I think Gurton was a lot better. And I, I, you know, I feel confident in that young man that he's going to get there. It's just he's not quite there yet. Well, I thought um, Friday was a big step in the right direction, and Molina was solid again. Um, he gave you a chance, and um, those two were good. Your Sunday guy, Tabor Fast, only made it through two-plus innings, so he clearly was not good and gave up three runs in those in those two innings, and you're hoping to get a lot more out of the Sunday starter than that. You don't need him to go eight, but you'd like to get a lot more than two innings out of him. So the starting rotation wasn't great, and then, you know, so then you get to the bullpen, and what would Brandon Beckel's absence how would that cost the Red Raiders? And my point was, okay, other guys have got to step up. And it felt like all of those key bullpen arms had a bad weekend would collectively. You? I mean, Ryan Free has been so incredibly good for you. And and he was pretty good on Friday, made one bad pitch, but it was the biggest pitch of the game, two-run homer, changed it from a two-run lead, two-one lead to a <clears throat> three-two lead for the Longhorns. And, and they never looked back after that. Um, that was the difference in the game. And then, I mean, just everybody that you brought out of the bullpen on sat, uh, Saturday and Sunday just just couldn't hang zeros. And um, collectively, that group really really struggled. And I don't know if you can look at it if you if you want to dive deep into it and say what was not having Beckel. How did that affect the team? Well, everybody's role changes. You're using. You know, guys in different spots, and you expect them to be able to get out. But I don't think you're crazy if you were the one to say <coughs> Beckel not being there could possibly have cost you two wins. I mean, really, it changes things dramatically. I mean, he's your, your best bullpen arm or one of your top two with Free. And, and as I said, Free had a bad weekend. Um, How much can he pitch and still come back and pitch on a, on a Sunday? Like, if he'd have gone in Friday night. Could he have bounced back and pitched on Sunday, or is he only a one-day-on-the-weekend guy? That's how we've seen him used, but I don't know that that's the only way he can be used. Okay. I don't think we would have seen him on Friday. We've that was seen be my more other times than not we see him on Saturday. Again, you went to Ryan Free, who's been so good for you. And, and he, I mean, I'm not saying he was bad on Friday. He just won pitch. 
that they hit out of the ballpark, and that was really the difference in the game. And then I know it ended up 6-2, but that's because you had a, a, a bad eighth where Kyle Robinson couldn't find the strike zone. And so just everybody that you brought out of the pen just had a bad weekend. And I, I just, like I said before, I think this team is going to be better as the season goes along just because they're so incredibly young. I think this team, um, it's it's like this schedule, the way it goes with Oklahoma State, Texas, and now TCU. I mean, you just got to keep your head above water, okay? And it, it's going to get much easier after this. these three powerful teams at the beginning of the schedule. And I, I, for the Red Raiders, it just feels like, like I said, you just got to gotta stay close to even and um, hope you grow as a team and, and, and get better. But I don't think this is – again, those were three close games. It could have gone either way. But you, you kind of feel like you've got to win on uh, – I feel like this weekend's big. You've got to win could, this series. You've got, you got to take this series. Yeah, yeah. I think that's big. Um, and, and so here's, here's my concern, and here's what my concern was heading into that weekend, Chuck. And I don't know, sometimes maybe I'm too much on the whole leadership thing, um, veteran leadership thing. Uh, Tim Tadlock's teams have always been able to bounce back, right? They mm-hmm. always have. After a tough loss, a heartbreaking loss, whatever, they bounce back. I, I, I think veteran leaders are big in that. I think they're a big part of it. This team is so incredibly young. I don't know who the veteran leaders are on this team. I don't know. I mean, Ty Coleman is is a senior, but he's just not that type of guy, in my, my guess. I wouldn't guess he is. He's also not been playing a ton, okay? So, I mean, when you're talking about coming into the season, the guys that we knew about were like, oh, Hudson White and Owen Washburn. Oh, yeah, those are two guys that were freshmen last year. Okay. Well, Washburn hasn't been playing. Now he is playing and playing pretty well. Hudson White, I mean, yesterday you would have expected him to be back in the lineup. Um, he's being outplayed by Dylan Maxey at, at the plate. And so, I mean, Maxey got the start yesterday over Hudson White. Because Maxie's swinging a much better bat, and I just don't know who the veteran leaders on your team are. And so you you got to figure that out a little bit to get this. Hey, we're okay. That was bad. We get it, but we're all right. We got a lot of season left to go. So got to figure that out between today and tomorrow, and especially by Friday. I guess the one question you answered this weekend: Can this team hit on the road? And you would have to say yes to that, right? It definitely did some of that. Yeah, because yeah, you did yeah. out hit. I'd Texas like to see it be a lot more consistent. Sure. But. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.